being here today. I sure do appreciate your time. I'm really excited about this week's guest because he is just a wealth of knowledge and information. Um, and every time I sit down with him, it takes a couple hours actually because he is just so genuine and wants to share um, every bit of his life's knowledge, truths, and um, help you to, to learn it and be uh, a better yourself as a human. So I always appreciate sitting down with Jody Herbis. Um, he is a co-founder with his partner, Sharon Herbis of BioClean Disaster Services, and their story is really unique, and Jody talks about it in this episode, um, which not a lot of people will sit with themselves and admit this. Uh, so he had found success, but it just wasn't quite sitting right. And so he went on a very long few years journey in his life and, um, and, and redefined success for himself. And I think it's really great to hear someone's story about how they do that because it's always good as an individual to sit with yourself and uh, not only question what you're doing, but um, challenge your why. And uh, this is a very insightful podcast just about that. So feel free at any point in time to reach out. We're happy to chat. Um, I'm really good at answering messages on Brandy Hofer Studios on my Instagram. Um, uh, so you can DM me on there. You're also welcome to join our Color Me Happy community, which is our free community. Um, you can join there. A lot of people are in the sketchbook project right now sharing. Um, we've got a lot of people sharing um, their portrait class and then what are you working on Wednesday? And it's not just for creatives creating things, it's for uh, individuals just looking to better themselves and better their lives and uh, focus on uh, being expansive and and what that looks like and I of course have found that through creative living and It's a very safe haven and a, and a great outlet So I try to connect as many people as possible as possible young and old It's something you can do for your whole entire life. That's what's so magical and great about it um, I also if you love uh, what we chat about in this episode specifically, I think you'd really enjoy our book. It's called Color Me Happy, See Your Everyday Ordinary as Extraordinary. Uh, we've got a lot of great feedback um, and really, really special messages on just how people feel while reading it and how it uh, helps them shape their lives. And honestly, it's just, I feel so lucky and honored. So thank you for being here. Thank you for your time. I hope you enjoy this episode. And again, feel free to reach out. I'm happy to chat. Um, so enjoy this. Who they are, even with all their weaknesses and all their troubles and all their lifestyle things that we disagree with, it's like, yeah, but I know who you are. Mm -hmm. And I can kind of come to accept it as long as you're not a miserable human, human being, because that gets kind of unacceptable. All right, you're saying you're being authentically you, but you're being obnoxious. You're always criticizing. You're always calling people out. I don't like that authentic you, and if that's really who you are, that's that's a sad way to live your life, and I don't need that to be part of my life, because I want to be authentically me, but in a way that makes me a better version of the person that I could be. And when we go around into society, I think, and sort of spread that message, and that's one thing about your father that I will comment on, is that, you know, in seeing Rob, does he have human traits that not everyone would agree to have in their lifestyle? Certainly, and so do I. I have some human traits in my lifestyle that someone look and say, 
You're going to cut your lifespan short there, buddy, if you keep on doing that. But if I'm authentically me and I'm not hurting anyone else and people understand and accept that, listen, I'm just the guy that likes to have a glass of red wine at night. Mm -hmm. That's authentically who I am. I'm not going to drink to the point that I start insulting people or get mean on my neighbor or get mean on my family or my wife or anything like that. But that's authentically who I am. And then my life is not as long as it's meant to be. Is that an issue? I don't know. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah. Well, genuinely, that's where the authenticity of living comes from. He does live life to its fullest. And yeah, he loves bacon for breakfast. Who doesn't? Yeah. Um, so yeah, those are the those are the choices. And and he's so kind. And you're right. It's like living living the life that he he wanted to. So you know, you just support you. You offer people kindness and you support them in, you know, because mm -hmm. really he's a good, good person. Mm -hmm. So, um, and, and we all will go through these things or have gone through these things in our lives, losses, and it doesn't make them easier. So that's what's going on currently in my life. And Jody has been so kind to come and talk to me about it um, and here today. But I want to talk about uh, your journey and... Um, coming into this community and I know some of your visions because we've spoke before and um, so I want to learn about where that began when you got here where you came from because those things don't just like you're not just born that person like you learn things so I want to hear about the integral points in your life that led to um, what you guys are doing in our community today and why some of it so did come naturally ever. and I bless my parents for that because some of it, they're both very spiritual people myself not so much I do apologize for that I wish I was and spiritual in the sense of uh, Christian spiritual and they believe in strong Christian values I'm not here to speak on that at all that's just where my background was based and so some of it in terms of giving back to community being kind to the neighbor like they really live those values still they're both alive they're with us to this day uh, my grandparents very very similar as well be mindful of your neighbor be a good neighbor give back to your community be kind to yourself be kind to your family be kind to others so some of it was generic within there but then bringing it into the business element or the community element um, I wasn't always good at it I wish I wish I could so I'm gonna fast forward over a whole bunch, bunch of parts I'm no, gonna, I no I'm, but there's 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 a reason why Brandy and I'm gonna jump in, in into the messy middle so BioClean started out of an idea to do things differently especially around the environment. Okay. And then realizing that if a business is successful, which at the beginning, obviously a new business is never successful right off the start. We don't just open a huge success. That'd be nice if we did. But, um, where are we going to give back in the community? Should we experience some financial success that we can give back to community? Women and children first. The old saying, you know, who goes off the ship first, women and children. And if a person doesn't like that expression, I apologize. That's the expression that I was raised with. And I realize that now there's different expressions as well. But the expression I knew was women and children first. And to base it into a community, if you've got a happy family that's well taken care of and people look out for each other, the community tends to thrive and be strong. And Lloyd Minster's had some struggles, and anyone that's been here for a number of years would definitely agree with that. Where if women are not being treated with respect, and wives as partners are not being treated with respect in any type of relationship, 
I'm not talking husband and wife, I mean any relationship. If your partner's not being treated with, with respect and then your children aren't being treated with, with respect, the family becomes dysfunctional and then society becomes dysfunctional. Because when one aspect of a society isn't working properly up to its full potential, the chance of success for all of society, right, becomes less and less and less. And so we decided, let's talk to, one of the first ones was the Interval Home, and at the time still working with the Lloyd Sexual Assault Services, as it's now called. Um, helping women and children have gone through pretty awful situations, let's be blunt about that. They can speak better than I can about that, because mm -hmm. there's managers and directors over there that deal with it on a daily basis. But can we give back to these important organizations that are trying to help people get their life back? And from a financial aspect, yes. We were financially successful. We were able to give back, increase it out to big brothers, big sisters. I've known them for a number of years. So all of a sudden, that's our mandate in terms of helping in Lloydminster. If we can have healthy homes, healthy societies, healthy women and children, few people have actually approached me in recent years and they said, what about men? And boy, this could be controversial. And again, being from the way that I was raised and understanding men go through mental health challenges and we can talk about mental health as well because I think that's something very important to yourself and to the communities, that, the community that you serve and the organizations that you help here in Lloydminster, like Lloyd Region Health Foundation. Uh, mental health is huge towards that. If a family isn't mentally healthy, where does that start? It starts with sometimes the truth and an honesty not being spoken about in the family. Is that getting too deep for you? No. Can I keep going? Yes. Okay, because I, I go on tangents sometimes, so you can just reel me back. So I can be very healthy. I can look very good, and mentally I can be very good. And then my child is suffering, and they're acting out, and they're having a terrible time. And then my mental health starts to suffer. And then if I don't parent that properly, and it escalates, even one person in my family now, my mental health can be thrown off because of another person's situation. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I start to suffer through their suffering, and I can only coach and build up so much. And I know I've gone away from the men's shelter, but we can always circle back to that as, as, as well. I think it's just so important in families and society in general to start a conversation with this, being authentically who you are, but trying to be the best version of that authentic self. And when you can show up like that each and every day, you do start to make small, noticeable impacts. I had a meeting earlier, and it was with the Chamber of Commerce and uh, City Council and so on. There's a number of us there, and as some people know me, not everyone does, and as they walk in, as they say, how are you today? I say, I'm great every day, how are you? And it's sort of a running joke, why are you great every day? Why would I choose to be otherwise? Mm -hmm. If I don't guard against trying to find happiness in each and every day and trying to uplift others and trying to be joyful in my own life and really like not putting on the smile and faking it until you, until you making it, but really feel joy and wake up every day and say, today I want to feel joy. That's where I get to the messy middle. In 2018, that wasn't occurring in my personal life. So BioClean had grown and we were getting larger. We were around 40 employees and big building and so on. And I had become so focused on the wrong mission, I didn't even realize it. So I knew other companies in this town, as it's too common in any industry, I think you wanna outdo the competition. And I was kind of raised with that, you know, associating with other people growing up through business, you should outdo the competition, you should yeah. outdo the competition. scarcity, fear. Perfect words, thank you for interjecting. Please do throughout this conversation. I want, no, I do. I think it's very important to hear your, your perspective as, as well. And on paper, we looked really good. Like you look at our financials, oh man, this company looks fantastic. And I had a huge wake up call, it was a blessing. 
and it was about October of 2018. And an adjuster, we do a lot of insurance work, an adjuster here in town, she phones me up and there's a customer concern, which can happen, especially in construction and restoration. And the customer had a concern they felt hadn't been being addressed through myself or somebody else within the organization. So it escalated. About a 20 minute conversation on the phone and quite pleasant. And at the end of the conversation, she said, you know what, Jodes, it's always a pleasure dealing with you because you're the best of the worst. And I stopped for a minute as I got punched in my stomach is how I felt. And I said, explain, please. I'm the best of the worst. Can you explain? She said, well, everyone knows it. You know, a lot of contractors in Lloydminster are pretty terrible to deal with. But at least you're a nice guy. Yeah. Sort of an offhanded compliment. Because when I get angry, this is my angry voice. And when I swear, I say, this is my swear. Like this, I, I just don't. I don't find a point in that. So I, I took some counsel and I had to reflect on that. And I talked to Sharon, my partner, about that reflect on it for a while. And I realized I was running an okay business, but I wasn't being a leader. Right? I wasn't leading anything great. I wasn't doing anything great. So in terms of giving back to the community, yeah, I was doing some here. And it was good stuff. And they, I'm sure they appreciate the donations. I always got the thank you cards, invited to event, events and so on. But where do you start doing great things? It starts by you realizing maybe I've got some greatness within myself. And I have to start to realize if I've got potential, what am I doing to bring out any potential? And one of the first things you got to do is then be truthful. Because if I'm not truthful with myself and I'm inauthentic to myself and pretend to be someone I'm not, my chance of failure, my mental health failing goes up significantly because I'm not being honest. I'm telling a lie, whether I'm looking in the mirror or speaking to you and not being an authentic person to myself, I'm telling a lie. And every time I tell a lie, it can become damaging on this because my brain can start to believe a lie in an unhealthy way. So it's like starting at the root of why you're doing anything, so your why. Simon Sinek actually has a book, Start With Why, and that was actually one of the first leadership books I read that started to change my perspective of, okay, you're a decent guy, decent in the community, running a fairly successful business. Not liked by everyone, nor do I think I need to be, but generally well-liked. Why are you doing this? Why do you do disaster work? Is it to make a profit? Why do you give back to certain sectors of the community? Why are you waking up every day and choosing to live your life in a certain way? And that's what we were talking about your father earlier. Is when you really dig deep and be humble with yourself. And man, that's, that's a mean thing. Because our egos are always battling, right? i got to be so good, especially if people are looking at me. i got to be a certain way. When we can control our ego and say, it's fine. Just let go of that thought for a minute. Let go of the thought that anyone's judging you, and if they are, who cares? Because maybe they don't know authentically who you are. So just, how do you need to show up as a positive influence? Is that what you want? Do you want to be a positive influence? Yes, I, my answer to myself was yes. And do you want to be a good business leader? Yes. And do you want to be a good partner? Yes. Okay, what does that look like? Well, I better start looking at other people that are successful. So then you get into a whole podcast realm of things like, oh, what you're doing, right? And who has success here? Or failures, man. Failure is a big learning tool. And I think way too many people avoid talking about their failures. And that's why I bring up my failure in, in, in 2018. It was, I was on the wrong path. I was on the wrong mission. And I was failing as a business leader. And I was failing as a community citizen. Really, I was. And I had too much self-interest as to, I need to outdo the competition. And all of a sudden, when my message changed to, 
I need to start by outdoing myself from yesterday. Mm-hmm. Well, now that's a good mission, isn't it? Be a little bit better towards yourself. And I don't mean treat myself better because comfort is not always a good thing. Comfort doesn't help us get to the next level of anything in life. So I might be a little bit comfortable for a few minutes while I t- take a beat, take a step, regain my strength. Now I've got to challenge myself. I think too much of society, especially coming out of an era where we were locked down, too many people got used to comfort. And now is the time to say, okay, comfort's over. And it didn't really serve anyone. And it kind of wrecked some relationships. So honestly, how do I get out of my comfort zone deliberately and grow? And I think that's one thing you're, you're even challenging yourself with in your art, in this podcast, in the painting that you're choosing to do for Heart of Treaty 6. Mm-hmm. on the Lloyd Region Health Foundation. Yeah, I totally ran a boom lift tire into a wall yesterday. I was not comfortable. I was learning to drive it. Yes. I, I was on turtle and I just nudged the wall. I was like, can you get me off the wall? I was still learning. I am not comfortable no. driving machinery. But you did it. But in order to do this project, I have to step way out of my comfort zone Thank you. and learn how to Thank you. do this. And... Um, it's scary, but by the end of it, I have faith, full faith, that I will have it all figured out. It seems hard now, yes. but it'll just be hard for the moment. You have to feel uncomfortable. Every challenge that makes us better starts with that feeling. You spoke to that perfectly. It starts with this feeling of, can I do it? Maybe. What's that look like? I don't know. I don't have all. Can I talk to a few people in my life? Have you ever driven a boomerang before? Yeah. How, how do I how do I operate? Can you show me what to do? Have you ever painted this large of a mural before? Let me do some research with people and talk to the people that have failed with it too. Mm-hmm. Have you ever? Oh, I did one. It was a disaster. Can you tell me about that disaster? What didn't succeed? I'll watch for the warning signs from you. And I think too many people only look at the failure as being if I don't succeed. Well, why did I even start in the first place? This was, but look. If, if I start having honest conversations with what's possible and I'm genuinely interested in it, it's not just a pretend, like I really want to know your example. I want to paint this mural. Why? Because it's going to be something that helps the Lloyd Region Health Foundation. It's going to help the heart of Treaty 6. It's going to help people in our community realize certain important things that haven't been discussed for a long period of time that are now getting discussed. I believe in a mostly healthy manner. There's always some unhealthy conversation. We can talk about that too. But you have to sometimes have these uncomfortable situations to grow. If you're mad at me and you ball it all up inside yourself and then what's going to happen? You're going to start to resent me after a while because you're not having a hard, uncomfortable conversation with someone. You're just thinking, Oh man, if I got to talk to Jody about this difficult situation and what if he yells and then Jody knows, right? Because now I'm an avoider and I see Brandy's feeling uncomfortable with me. Oh, I better not talk to her either because this is going to be uncomfortable for all of us. And in most situations up until a conversation happens, everyone's uncomfortable because everyone knows that there's something bad that needs to be said and no one wants to be the person that says, hey, can I start by saying sorry and I was wrong? Can I start there? Oh, that's kind of a diffuser right there. I thought I was wrong. You're wrong? Yeah. And you get the odd jerk that lords it over top. Yeah, I know. I knew that you were wrong the whole, the whole time. Yeah, for sure. But, but you tend to sort those people out. They tend to sort themselves out. Mm-hmm. And then you get the genuine, authentic person that really wants a healing in any type of relationship. 
getting back to your point about going outside your comfort zone, I think that's the most important thing. First, be honest with yourself. Can most of us accomplish a lot more than what we are? Yeah, we really can. And I had the one person talk, it was quite interesting. They talked about how we've gotten too comfortable. We go from a 21 degree house to a 21 degree car to a 21 degree office and all of a sudden a slight breeze blows and we're like, oh, that was cold. And that's not being honest with ourselves, even with the comfort level that we've come to experience. Mm -hmm. And the honest conversation we should be having with ourselves in terms of getting better, improving ourselves, having honest conversations with our neighbors, our business partners, people we do business with, our families, our spouses, our, our mates, our best friend that we really, our parents. It's just have an honest conversation about some of the truth and reality that we all face. And all of a sudden, you know, you, you, you take your kid, we talked about that earlier. I guess I did apologize. I'm, hogging this conversation. Brandy's known me for a while. And unless she interrupts me, I'll tend to go on. And I really, she knows that's that okay. she's laughing. Cause we've we had- We went for a quick coffee and it was- Two like, hours later, three hours later. I think it was three, yeah. yeah, for sure. But until we have these honest conversations, really, and then call a person out and they're like, you know, I'm not doing well. What's not going well in your life? An example, this is not mine, just a person's example. I'm, I'm fighting with my spouse all the time. I'm fighting with my kids all the time. What are you doing about it? I just can't talk to them. Why? And it starts by saying that to someone. Say, I care about you. If I didn't care about you, I'd just avoid you. I'd just cut you out of my life. I don't need to have a conversation with you. But if you sit there and have an honest conversation, say, I really care about you and I'm curious why you're feeling this way. Because I can't understand why you're feeling this way. But maybe if I listen to the words that you're speaking, there again, it goes to heart of Treaty 6. Some of us can't understand because we didn't go through anything, right? Mm -hmm. Or maybe it wasn't talked about, or maybe we lived in a community where it wasn't as affected, say, perhaps a more um, urban area, perhaps had less effect than a more rural area. And I'm not an expert on these matters, so I'm just using it as, a, as an example. So if I'm dead wrong, that's fine too. I'm, I'm always fine with being corrected, but... If we just put our head in the sand and say, we don't need to have a conversation about it because I don't know what that other person went through. We're doing it a service to that person and then we're still not being genuine, right? And that's what mm -hmm. people And I think acknowledgement is important. Even if we don't understand like all the said, facts. With like when, when you're bringing up an uncomfortable conversation, your first move is to acknowledge. Apologize. Yeah. What are just, you apologizing for? I don't know, but obviously your perception is I either did something wrong, I'm part of something wrong, I'm part of a process that was incorrect. I don't always understand, but if I can say sorry and mean it, and mean it genuinely, like don't just say sorry to get someone off your back because that's a bit of a jerk move in itself. Say sorry and mean it and then say, but I, show your ignorance. I kind of don't understand. I really don't understand because I lived a very comfortable life and I didn't hear these stories until much later, so I'm not fully understanding. And then you start talking, I believe you've been involved in, I'm, I'm gonna call them not celebrations, that's the wrong word, gatherings, a get, a get together where people talk about some of these stories. And we didn't even mean for this to be heart of Treaty 6 necessarily, but this is where Brandy and I communicate, we get around to our subject eventually. Now you let the person tell their story. And let my ego go. It's not my story, I just need to listen. Now I'm listening. I don't even need to always understand every aspect because our imaginations can sometimes only go so far or sometimes the stories we hear we don't want to hear because they're hard stories to tell. But it's that person's story to tell. Let them tell their story. 
if you disagree with anyone's story at any point, I think you can still be plain about it, but you don't need to be a jerk. No. You can simply say, you've told me your story, and it sounds, however it sounds, because everyone has a different story. And some people have amazing stories, right? And some people have more tragic stories. And some, or most of us are in the middle somewhere. We've got some tragedy and some blessings, and it's all combined. And if part of us, because of our way we were raised, or religious upbringing, or different cultural experience or just a different environment some of us are raised more in isolation others are raised in large families so we're all different and say i don't understand your story but i respect it's yours i really i i kind of wish i could i could understand you more it doesn't make sense to me mm-hmm. but but it's not my story it's yeah. your story so thanks for sharing it with me and then let's see what the next process is because as long as a person dwells in the drama I see you're making notes. This is interesting. Anyway. I make notes uh, so I remember key points uh, in the conversation, and it helps me write about it. Good. Yeah. And congratulations on your book, by the way. Thank you. And if you haven't picked up her book, you should read it. <laughs> Though you do swear a bit, bit. I do. That's all right. A 14-year-old got it the other day, and <laughs> her mom's like, I'm totally fine with it. There you go. Like, okay. Just, it, but, uh... Isn't it your story to tell? Yeah. Is everyone going to respect it? No. No, you, not everyone's going to agree with everything I say. Do you need everyone to respect no, it? No, absolutely not. Does it start a conversation? Possibly. I think it, it, it starts self-reflection. And then coming back to how do I take care of myself? Yes. So I can take care of others. Yes. And I can see my everyday ordinary as extraordinary. 100%. When because you're, you're not going to thrive. You've thro- flown on an airplane before. Mm. And you always get a little safety demonstration, and they always say the same thing. Should this mask fall from the ceiling, put it over yourself first. Right, because that's not our first, that's not our instinctual reaction. Yes, it's to help others. Why do we put over our mouth first? Why do we start to take care of ourselves first? It's to take care of others. If you're traveling with a small child or someone that can't put the mask on, they say, if someone can't put the mask on themselves, you put it on yourself first. And it's not an act of selfishness unless, you, unless you're then a jerk. You put the mask on yourself. It's like, oh, 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 you can't put your mask on. And some people, unfortunately, are like that in, in life. I'm only going to take care of myself. I'm not going to take care of anyone else around me. And that's too bad that there's jerks in human society. But you put your mask on first. You're breathing. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm doing okay. You know what? I'm actually doing really okay. I don't know about this person next to me. If I'm not doing okay, i got nothing to give to them. I got that mask over myself. I got to be good. Mm-hmm. I got to take care of this each and every day. Now I'm being taken care of. I'm watching out for my mental health, my physical health, my spiritual health, my family health, my emotional health. All these things wrapped together. My financial health, absolutely. 100%, that's a part of it as well. If we don't have these pillars that we're taking care of within ourselves, then one aspect suffering is like that child that's suffering. And someone says, how come your mental health is suffering? You got it all together. Because my kid over there has got some issues. And it's making me sad and stressed. And if I have financial issues, issues with my partner, unresolved issues that I'm not talking about, not being honest about, and say, I can deal with everything, but I need to be honest with myself first. And maybe my, honest, maybe my first honest thought in talking to some individuals, especially in, in business, is, okay, I just bought that. And I look at my bank account, I'm pretty heavily in debt, and I'm kind of relying on some future sales. See, some of these things we create within ourselves, some of these things, 
because we're not examining them, I think, as a society on a regular basis. And I'm not meaning that to call out anyone. If anyone's feeling that uncomfortable listening to any of these words, including yourself, Brandy, it's never meant that way. It's meant to encourage, not build. Based on the fact I used to do these things myself. Right. No, I, I like, I'm just, after years of listening to self-help and money mindset, like, coming out of it. Yes. A lifetime of, you know, your worth is your money or... I feel worthless, so I guess I don't deserve money at all. And then you just don't get it. <laughs> when really? Any, when any aspect of our life we are choosing to ignore, and it always I wish it wasn't, and I've been there for, for pretty much every aspect that I could fail at, I failed at. Whether it's my health, whether it's my spirituality, and you all need spirituality, we all need spirituality, in different forms. Not... I'm not talking Christian, I'm not talking Muslim, I'm not talking going to church, I'm not talking going to a mosque. I'm talking about finding a spiritual reason for why you're here. Mm -hmm. And even atheists have a spiritual reason for why they're here because they have a belief system that they believe in. So everyone has a spiritual Morals side. Morals and values. Thank you. And you need to nurture that spiritual side. And your financial side. And your family side. And all these things together. And if you're not nurturing any single one of those and paying attention, it's going to wither. And now you've got trauma in your life and now you got stressed and then your mental health always, always suffers. I've not known anyone in my entire life that's gone through a mental health crisis, anyone. And I'm no therapist, I just, you get to know people and you talk to them. My mental health is suffering. Let's start to break down these different aspects. When's the last time that you read, listened to something that uplifted your spirit? Well, I don't have time for that. I'm so busy focused on making money, running a family, buying this, going on vacation there, that all of a sudden we suffer. I just talked to a part of a, a leadership group, which I super appreciate. Highly recommend being part of a group, any group you can be part of, mm -hmm. that uplifts you. Part of a leadership group, more around business based, but also other aspects, obviously, as well. And a fellow I'm getting to be good friends with him. And he just got back from a month of vacation. A month. And he's burned out is the expression he's using. Burned out. Took a Corvette down to the States. There's this flat area he could drive. An incredible speed, 180 miles an hour. Incredible speed. And he spends time with his family. As someone's coming to the door. He's spending time with friends and his businesses. He even says business is doing well. And all I want to do is sit on the porch and stare. Okay, so what did you do for your month? Well, it was all about what he thought he needed to do. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what did you do to uplift your spirit? Because you went. You went to Florida, and you went to Colorado, and you went for race car driving, and you went to these hotels and these incredible... Got to see your family. And you Bucket were, listing. You, what we discovered during the conversation is something very interesting. He's got two sons. He's divorced for a number of years. So he, he co-parents. And uh, he has no partner in his life. He's searching for a female companion. Just hasn't happened, right? Time is off right now. His son just moved out at 21 years of age. And his daughter's going to university down in the States in different area. Well, he's now an empty nester. Mm -hmm. And he's not having these conversations. And all of a sudden, we start breaking this down. He was trying to ex make an experience with his kids over that month that was somehow going to be a healing experience rather than talking about what's future plans look like for visiting. And all of a sudden he got clarity. And he's like, thanks so much. I'm like, no thank you, because I need these reminders too. We bounce ideas off each other. If you're feeling stressed in one area, 
pretty much guaranteed it's related back to one of those pillars in your life that you're just, I don't need to take care of it. You know, it doesn't seem important. Mom and dad never took care of it. And great grandparents never took care of it. And they were all good. No, a lot of them weren't. And we saw that later. I quit having time for my walk in the morning or whatever. Whatever it is. Too busy. Right? Too busy for, yeah, the self-care element of, you know, the things that you need. Um, I read a book. Um, she was on our podcast, uh, Leah Guzman, and she does art therapy. Wonderful. And it's just like every day she has, I think, seven or eight things that you have. And I'm sure there's like an actual word for it. But like every day you should have play. Yes and laughter and health and you know like you need all these things in one one day not like a big giant to-do list no, but if you're no. doing too much of one thing it's like you're missing all the other that's why i love kids mm -hmm. because they like knock me out of whatever i've decided i need to do and i have to do right i remember actually returning last year from a vacation and getting back here to, and well, everyone can't see it, but my little deck beautiful. area beautiful. and all my plants and my whatever. And I'm like, oh, why do we even leave here? Mm -hmm. This was all I wanted or needed. And instead we went somewhere else. And this is a, because we have young children, you know, no one slept and whatever. Mm -hmm. So people forget like sleep is actually your number one priority, especially when it comes to mental health. Yes. Yes. Right. So. Um, we also had Sarah, a local sleep therapist on who talked about that and talked about her mental health struggles and, um, because women just, we tend to take on, you know, the, our business, if you're running business, a business along with, you know, a lot of the, um, Melinda Gates calls it unpaid labor, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? Um, and societal expectations and it's a lot, it's too much actually. So you have to kind of find um, how it works for you. And I wrote about this this morning in our newsletter, in our weekly newsletter. It's called Weekend, or Weekly Inspiration. And um, one of the things you can do is shifting from, and it's in my book. Sometimes I just steal from my book. I'm like, I've already written about this. I'll just yeah. ask you and pay attention. <laughs> but I make it more applicable to the podcast. But instead of waking up and say, I have to go to work or I have yes. to get the kids to school or, or like, this is nothing new, but it's like, I, first of all, have a really comfy, safe bed in a, in a safe home in a safe community. Mm -hmm. Let's like, I get to have these things. That is amazing. And it's always coming back to, I get to run in the morning. I, I am healthy enough to run. So I get to run. I don't have to exercise and run. I get to because one day I might not. There's be able people to. that can't. Right. I have this blessing and this opportunity in my life. Why on earth am I taking it for granted when I see that person's in a wheelchair for the rest of their life or underwent some? Yes. Always circles back to gratitude. Gratefulness, humility, honesty. We're touching on I think some big things here. When we start to understand, you know, it's an expression that drives me crazy. Somebody says. Unless it's a teenager, because I was a teenager, and so this was just our expression. I'm bored. And I say, you got all the power of the world in your back pocket. When I was growing up, not to show my age, uh, you'd go to an encyclopedia, Britannica, at the local library, because most of our parents couldn't afford it, right? And you go down there, and you're going through an encyclopedia. And the first thing you do is you look at the front. 
Okay, well, I'm writing this report in uh, 1980. And this encyclopedia was published in 1970. So it's already 10 years behind the knowledge. But we did with what we had, and somehow we built some knowledge and some base. And now people say, I'm bored, I'm bored, I'm bored. Oh my gosh, really? You've got all the knowledge of our known world at your fingertips, and somehow you're bored. But if you're grateful to say, I can learn absolutely, and please don't go down the conspiracy thing, because don't waste your time with that. That's a whole other subject that Randy and I aren't going to talk about. We're not going to waste our breath on it. Actually. You're going to do things that build up your life. How can I be better mentally? How can I be better physically? How can I be better spiritually? And you know what, Randy, I am going to challenge you, but I think in, in, in a healthy way, because some people will sit there, perhaps your audience, I don't know your audience, Perhaps some of your audience will say, Brandy, seven things a day, I don't know if I could do one thing a day. All you need to do is one hour of one of those things once a week is how I start. One of those things once a week for one hour, give it your attention and your mind. And you put it in your calendar. Put it in your calendar. So what are you doing at Sunday at 10? I'm not going to church. Fine. What are you going to watch on YouTube? What are you going to listen to on Spotify? If you choose to watch Netflix, I highly recommend you get off that. But if you do, um, what's something positive that's going to lift up your spirit? Is there a nature program you can watch? Is there a philosopher that you know has an element of truth to it? Is there something that's going to make you feel happy? If you ever walk away from something feeling angry, you probably listen to the wrong thing. You probably hung out with the wrong people. If you ever walk out of a situation feeling the world is unjust, unkind, everyone sucks, government is corrupt, and trust me, there's elements of truth to those things. But if that's your focus on listening and learning, oh, you're just missing a huge world. And I want to touch on this. And, you know, when we talk about uh, deserving... Uh, because I sit in a nice home. So yes, long, yes, very right? nice home. So yeah. like, it's like... It's nicer than my home, actually. Yeah. I'm so disappointed. Oh, see, I'm so, I'm so resentful. No, but yeah. that's helps some people. Yeah, it people is, are. it is. And I used to be one of them. And so, like, um, to feel like I'm okay with having this home and I we worked really hard yes. and, 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 you know, and, um, and feeling, instead of me sitting in, like... I don't personally feel like I deserve this because all there's people in the world who don't have this. Mm -hmm. So to sit in that mm -hmm. is not constructive, right? Right. It's not constructive because in order to help others, like you're talking about, who are in those situations, you have to have money. If you don't have money, you can donate your time. Yes. That's why in every one of my courses, which are about art, by the way, they're simply about, I teach them art and mural making and stuff like that. But what I always end with is volunteering mm. and how much more you get in return when you volunteer. Sometimes my volunteering is even just having a conversation. It is a blessing that I've been able to learn. I've got so much left to learn, but I've been able to learn some points and then I get the odd person. Someone spoke to me today, actually. Um, leaving a, a luncheon and they just caught me outside for a few minutes and they said you know this learning program that you're part of I think I I think I'm interested I think I need that and that's really I think where some of the things come back to help society is if you can only give back in one area where can you give back at and let's be honest brutally honest if you're if you're stuck in a wheelchair and someone else is caring for you 
and you've got very limited resources at your disposal, maybe your best thing is telling your story and smiling about it and say, well, but I'm here and I survived some terrible, terrible, terrible things. There's this one motivational speaker of the United States, John O'Leary. And um, if you want to look him up, incredible in individual. Listen to his story. I'm not going to share it. Um, severe accident that he, he should have died. And he's disfigured to this point, and he would use that like he is. He's severe. His body was severely damaged by trauma, by an unfortunate accident that actually he caused, and he acknowledges that he was part of the reason why it happened. And he could sit there and live with that and suffer, but he chose to tell his story. And it's funny when he please watch it, John O'Leary, incredible in, in, individual. Um, I'll share it with you after and. The first time he shared his story about recovering and trying to, you know, find joy in life, he shared it to a small group of kids. And it was very unimpactful, as you can imagine, because small kids with a limited attention span, right? One and, and they don't think they can die or hurt themselves. That's right. So, so. listening to this adult speak, and I think he said, like, there's three kids in the room is how he shares it. <laughs> so he, he looks and he's mumbling through his speeches. But all of a sudden, if nothing else, he got, he got a bit more confidence to speak a little bit larger. And then he got to speak to a little bit more students. And then someone said, you know what? I like the way you speak. Can you come speak over here and share your story? And all of a sudden he's speaking more and more and sharing his trauma, but also sharing, he, he actually limits the amount of time he talks about the trauma because it's in the past, he can't change it. What he focuses on is how all this is good on a daily basis. Mm. Looking to positive people, looking to positive examples cutting negativity outside your life. It's an incredible story. I got to see him live recently at, a, at an event. When we surround ourselves with positive people and understand we can share our, any single one of us can share our story in a positive way if we're honest with ourselves and say, we all went through trauma. Mm -hmm. I guarantee you, even if all you did was stub your toe really, really, really hard, every human being has gone through some type of trauma and some is horrific and some is manageable. But if we live in the trauma and we live in the suffering, we're not really sharing any good story with society, unfortunately. And I think this is where the heart of Treaty 6 is really, I don't know how we keep coming around to it. It wasn't even our theme, but it is incredible. When you keep coming around to, we just want to have a conversation and heal beyond it. And at some point, will the conversation stop? If enough healing happens, I'm talking years and years, if not generations, right? But if all of a sudden that message is continued to be shared in a positive way, in a constructive manner, and everyone lends an ear, we don't have to deal through the suffering anymore. The pain happened. The pain was real. The pain occurred. Mm -hmm. The suffering doesn't have to continue. Right. And out of that, stories are shared that someone else can take encouragement from, whether it's like, I didn't have a voice before you spoke. Now I know I can speak too. To, I didn't know you went through that and got better right as a, as a as a segment of society that was marginalized taken advantage of in some cases horrifically abused in too many instances but you can go and create an amazing society and you can create amazing businesses and have amazing leaders after that see you know, the, the suffering is disappearing mm -hmm. the healing is going on I think it's they've done a really great job of creating a safe space in yeah. the circle. Yeah. And indigenous culture is really beautiful in that way. Because sometimes we do get so stuck in our head that 
we're always right and then we surround ourselves only with like-minded individuals that pat us on the back and say how right we are and you're so right and then that's where these terrible conversations start to creep in that you know, that person's wrong and that elected official well they're an idiot mm -hmm. and then conversations sometimes get even more escalated more heated than People that will just be red in the face till their grave because they're so insistent on being right I'm but if, being right if you can get out of your head and say we love to be right. What if I'm, what, right. if, what, if, what if I am wrong? Okay, so I was raised Christian. This is not a religious conversation. We don't have to go down this vein. What if Muslims are right? There's a whole bunch from around the world. There's a whole bunch of Jewish people. What if they're right? What if I'm wrong? I'm not saying I'm going to change my religion, though some people do. But if I don't speak to that person, I say, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I'm legitimately curious. I'm not angry. I'm not hostile. I'm not here to attack you, nor am I here to question what you believe. I'm simply curious, you know, based on what history, facts, science, whatever, because right, atheists and atheists and Christians are about as far apart as you can get right there. But I, I'm really curious of who you are and why you think the way you do. And can I learn something from you? Because mm -hmm. if I can learn one thing from you, now we've had a good conversation. But if all I go in is defending my actions and defending why I'm so right and why you're so wrong, we're never going to have any honesty. And I see this with partners and, and, and relationships. And again, it's just generic expressions I, I grew up with. My husband's always wrong. and He's always uncaring. He's always doesn't do the blah, blah. And then the wife, well, she just nags and she nags. Like we've heard these stories. We see them in sitcoms. We see them on television. We see it surrounding our society, especially North America. If the two partners sit down, have an honest conversation. Why are you feeling this way? Why are you feeling this is necessary? Well, because let's have a conversation about it. And in so many circumstances, either the partners find out that they were never right for each other and they felt an obligation to get together for a variety of circumstances, socioeconomic, you guys belong together, you're a great couple, blah, blah, blah. But they really never communicated their entire marriage. Now for the first time after 30 years, they're actually communicating saying, yeah, we probably shouldn't have gotten married years ago. That was a bad idea. Or, on the even better flip side, we are communicating. What does that mean? It means, I love you. I love you back. Let's keep talking about these things. Let's keep talking about our finances. We're spending a lot of money that we can't afford. We're, we're getting a lot of debt. Do we really need this big of a house? Do we really need to go on this vacation? Or can Brandy invite us into her backyard and go, well, let's camp out there and have a little camp, bring in a porta potty so we don't have to come inside and use your restroom. But this is the thing is if, if we don't have honest conversations with ourselves, with the people we involve in our life. And in business, I find that quite so often. And some of the people I'm blessed to have in my life in business relationships, they say, you're very honest. And I wish I had been a lot earlier because sometimes I would hold things back thinking I'm being nice. And again, mm -hmm. you're not being rude with a person. But maybe it's, you're not bringing me the level of customer service I need. Or, I really wish you would have asked how my day was. Just being honest. Oh, I'm sorry. And I'm going to be, I'm going to be a guy here for a second. Guys, just so you know, because I've been looking around who reads it. I've actually been watching and asking who reads your books. And the majority <laughs> actually tend to be female. And that's, and that's good. That's good. Yeah. Because men are kind of raised in, in our society, anyways, that I'm familiar with really bullheaded and be stupid and be right all the time and then we surround ourselves with people like that where what are bullheaded and stupid and my team's going to win the super bowl and my thing is this and i'm always right and so on and so forth and all of a sudden it becomes a conversation that's reinforced 
And if any person lets down their guard at one moment and really wants to be a better version of themselves and say, what if I'm wrong? What if what I've learned to date, because my parents weren't perfect. Maybe the churches I went to weren't, weren't perfect. They, maybe they, they weren't 100% perfect. Maybe the politician I used to admire, maybe they're not perfect either. And maybe even the podcaster I'm listening to, or the, this guy I'm writing. They're not perfect. Maybe they're not human. everything in that yeah. book is perfect, but can I take away the stuff that makes me a better human being? And just I think so. Any, any podcast you're listening to, you're not going to connect with every part. And of course, someone reading my book maybe won't relate to the same things, but there are constructive takeaways. If anyone's made it to this point in watching this part of the conversation, if this even makes it into the yeah. finished project, you should be, you should just <laughs> so be patting yourself on the back that you were able to listen to this going on and on and on. But it does come down to having good, honest conversations. And one thing I really think, I don't know how close we're to ending or if you just want to keep going, because it has to be an ending point at some point, unfortunately. Gratitude. When, when we can wake up every day, which is part of being honest, life isn't all tough and not everyone is mean and not every politician being a victim yeah being a victim stepping out of thank victimhood you. thank you a big one yeah. i think and show gratitude for what you have yeah my your dad wasn't perfect my dad wasn't perfect we're grateful for some of the positive things that go into our life mm. your partner isn't perfect my partner isn't perfect but you know what Neither am I. I have a saying I've had for a few years. I stole it from someone else. I can't remember who. I say I like yeah, to. It's yours. I I like to wake up every day and make twenty mistakes just to get them out of the way. And some people say because I'm very honest at work as well. And if I, if I make an error and I make a mistake, I will draw attention to it in a in a public setting. And people are like why? Because if I can't be honest out in public, how can I be honest with myself? I appreciate that. If I can't sit there and say. I'm so grateful that today it rained. I'm so grateful today it was sunny. It was laughing last year. Last year we had just a variety of terrible weather, right? I think most Lloydminsterites are familiar with that, though your audience is widespread. Here we had crazy weather. So it would rain all day, and then at 9 o'clock at night the sun would come out just as everyone's starting to wind down, get ready for bed. It was incredible. But I started to make a joke out of it, actually, because we have a beautiful backyard. We can go and overlook and patio and so on. Blessed, of course, grateful for that as well. And if you can just say, but at least the sun is shining. And at least the rain stopped. And I'm so grateful. You know what? I'm normally in bed early. And I know it's 9 o'clock at night. It's so seldom sunny, I'm going to go sit on the deck. I'm going to be grateful for what I have. When we experience, when we, ex when we really allow gratitude into our lives and, and mean it. Don't fake it till you make it. Be honest and say, just got a plant over here. You, you can't see it. Beautiful plant. I'm grateful that I took the time to water and nurture that plant every day. And now it's growing into something else. And now I see you've got more plants going beside, more seedlings. And you're grateful for it. And you're grateful for the kids. And you have pain? Sure, I got pain. You got suffering? Dang, yes, if I, if I want to. Is it part of your daily life? No. Why? Because it's silly. Because there's a whole amazing world to appreciate around us. And how, how am I uplifting or problem solving anyone's life if all I'm doing is finding all the complaints and all the problems? Find the solution in your life. And part of the solution is being honest with yourself mm -hmm. and saying, maybe I've invited a lot of this nonsense into my life. Yeah, I've had some bad characters 
And once I was five years old and that person was 25 and they took advantage of me or that business partner stole from me, right? We all have whatever stories. Or mom and dad abandoned me. But now, I've got a full-time job. Some people I don't mind working with. I've got reliable transportation. The sun is shining today. What more can I ask for today? The only thing I can ask for is more for myself so I remember this moment and become better tomorrow. Or keep dragging my miserable story about Time your life. is our most precious commodity. Yeah. Uh, I actually met who was with Steph. For, uh, Steph gets so mad. She's like, if I could not be the topic on your podcast, <laughs> that would be... Because there's one with Mikey Dubs, and she's like, you brought me up a lot. And I was like, I don't remember a lot of the times because there are a lot of conversations, and that's what I do right now. It's uh, to remind myself, and then I go through them and edit, but quicker, right? And You're touching on a very interesting theme. I've known you through people for years. Back in the root days, I think, is when we first had a chance to, to meet Amanda was trying to do a good community safe space for people to come together and there's different people in Lloydsmith and our communities are still trying to do that. Um, but just commenting on the people that you enjoy bringing on your podcast, are they generally positive? Yes. Are they generally trying to make a difference? Oh my gosh. I can't, I, like every day for the past year, I just can't, I just can't believe it. And I know we've, in our last sit down, I was like, I don't know how I got so lucky. Are they perfect? No. No, because none of us are. Are they working on themselves? Yeah. Do they admit when they're wrong? Yeah. If Mikey had, and I've only met the man a handful of times. I've been involved in an event a few years ago, and it was just incredible to watch the energy that he has. It's absolutely phenomenal. But where does he get his energy from? Is it from waking up every day and watching the news and being negative? No, it isn't. It's from surrounding himself with positive people, going to the gym, working out, stressing his body through vigorous, extreme exercise until he's done it so many times, it feels, pardon me, like nothing. It feels like it's just easy. It's just practice. I'm just going to run a marathon. Why? Because I've done it before. Because once you've done a hard thing That's once, it's easier the next time. When you first started to paint, I'm sure you just started by creating masterpieces right when you started, correct? No. Um, I, but I did, I just paint, like I painted my whole life. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to know a spot where that started. But there was a turning point. I worked at Big Juba Community Theater as their marketing person slash hospitality. So I got to meet a whole bunch of the acts coming through. So that was really cool. Um, but I remember sitting there at that desk and I was allowed on Facebook. Gwen Matrams, she's like, we understand he'll go on social media because that's part of your job yeah. and you'll be on there. I'm like, okay, cool, great. And um, I'm very efficient and so, and um, focused really hard when I'm on a task. So I would get all my work done quickly, very quickly. And so it was a 40 hour work week. So it's just like, <laughs> um, so I had a lot of downtime. But a great position and it was, the staff loved me and I loved them and everything was accomplished. So downtime was okay. Mm -hmm. um, but I remember shifting my thought about being an artist because I was still, I had my degree and I was working at a theater. So probably the most applicable job for me in Lloydminster, yeah. really yeah. in the arts. Um, until I started just making up my own jobs recently. 
And so, um, and oh, I always go off on another thing because you don't need to fit. You can, you don't, you're unique and you are the first person like you in the world. You can create your own We're job. the only person like us in the yeah. entire world. I know identical twins. Like I'm actually friends with them. They're identical twins. And they're not identical. No. Because no one is the exact same. Biologically, you can have all the same biological characteristics. You can be raised exactly the same way and choose to turn out different. And I think that's one thing. Being truthful with who you are, being authentic with who you are, understanding you've got some great characteristics. Maybe you sit there and say, I've got no talent. I can't paint. I can't run a company. Can you fold a perfect paper airplane? Maybe you can whistle a tune from start to finish that people recognize and you're not just whistling off key. Maybe you know how to paint a house, but you can't paint a painting. Maybe you know how to fix a dishwasher. Maybe you're raising good kids. Maybe you're mindful of your community. Maybe you've got a great lawn. Every single person has talents. And when you sit there and say, I've got some talents. Now, how do I share them with the rest mm -hmm. of the world? Now life is amazing. Like Mikey Dubs, can you imagine if he just ran only for himself? Oh my gosh. Which he could. And people say, you're just a runner. You're just, he's running on behalf and organizing different things in the community, raise awareness for, raise funds for, fill in that blank, what that looks like. On treadmills alone, on treadmills with other people, dodgeball games, encouraging other people to run the community because it's good for their health. So you could just be a runner. Or you could just be a person that can make amazing paper airplanes. Or you could just be a person that knows how to hang up curtains. I can look around this room and think of dozens, hundreds of different things. Maybe you know how to make a table. Maybe you're really good at cleaning a floor. Then just go and share that gift with somebody else. Because when you find a way to share your gift with somebody else, maybe you're a good storyteller. Mm -hmm. How can you share your story with the community? Say something similar to what you're doing right now. Everyone has gifts. It's when we deny ourselves and say, well, I've got to be like that person. That person's super, they're doing or that. I'm not good enough. Right? Huge. Huge. And you know how many people say, I can't draw a stick, man, I'm not creative at all. Like, probably once a month. Mm -hmm. And why I love this book, but also my book. But why I love this book is this, financial success through creative thought. Mm -hmm. So it's actually not about the money at all. Mm -hmm. It's, I'm not sure I understand. <laughs> Mine does that once well too. Many people don't understand this concept. Yeah. And I keep I keep putting it into everything like it will kind of like maybe hopefully catch on to people. If you can see it, it can become true. Yes. Like if you I always think back to Wayne's world. If you build it, they will come. But like if you and, and then you start to see more and then you start to meet people who have an idea or something you can learn from them. I want to build an eco-friendly home on my dad's land because it's beautiful and in Blackfoot and in Blackfoot you can do anything. And I met... The County um, Vermilion River did not just hear you say that. Sorry. No. <laughs> you can put a diving board off the roof of your house. <laughs> so anyway, I want to see that. <laughs> so fun. Um, what is funny, and this will happen to everyone, and this is how the universe or God or whatever you believe in mm -hmm. works, is that it will tell you where to go and it will lead you on this path. Yes. It's not the path you thought that you'd be on, but it becomes better somehow. Yeah. 
I met a woman commissioned me. Her family always commissions me, but she recently did, and she pulled up in a. That's a good idea. Can you make a list? What would you what like you for a present? Him? What would you like for a present if it was, if it was your birthday? He's, a, he's intrigued by watching himself on the TV. But this is where we can learn from children, but I do want you to come back to this. So she's commissioning you, Vivian's commissioning She commissioned me, she pulled up, she pulled up and she said, we started talking and she, she's an amazing individual. There was a lot to take away from the conversation. However, she started telling me about her eco-friendly farm. And I didn't even know that existed here in our area. And I said, can you tell me more about it? Can you teach me? Can we go for tea? And she's like, of course. So Conversations. I had seen this in a dream. And a month later, this person there arrives in my life. These things will happen if you're like, the wind has my back. They will not happen to you if you think the world is against you. 100%. And you know what? I think the universe is giving you a sign right now by these two little guys coming yeah. up. We, we you guys have a long talk. time. Okay, I have a final question uh, sponsored by Red Bicycle Communications. Ooh. Describe a perfect ideal day in your life. You can throw... Oh. That was funny. I can't. You know what? Actually, just this. Like, what is just happening here. When I used to go into situations believing in an ideal day and this is what I was sharing with this fellow in the, in the leadership team when you go in with an expectation that this must happen for an ideal day for the ideal podcast I don't want children climbing on the table for an ideal podcast I want peace and silence for an ideal day I need my spouse to be this for an ideal day this must occur we set ourselves up to fail Good idea. We set ourselves up to fail. Yeah. We won't have that ideal day, generally speaking, because it might rain on the vacation. Look at this guy. <laughs> but isn't this exactly it? Yeah. This is exactly what people talk about. For an ideal day, everything must go in my way that I perfectly imagine. Mommy, I said two switches because okay. I want one. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that is my ideal, uh, ideal day where you go out, you live, you experience. You talk. At the end of the day, you go back and say, I met someone today. I didn't meet someone today. I talked to someone today. I didn't. I had a perfect, peaceful day of peace and quiet. Had lots of excitement and energy today. I had no excitement and energy. I got really sick, but I can still breathe and I'm still alive. Therefore, tomorrow might be better. Hopefully. And when that's, our, that's, when that's my ideal day, I don't want to put that on anyone. When that's my ideal day, it's achievable almost every day. When I sit there and say, oh, I need this though. Ideal life, perfect life, man. You know what I love about this question? Is people usually describe things that are already going on in their lives already. Yeah. It's a great question. I love everyone's asking. We have a lot thank of blessings. Thank you for sharing. We have a lot of blessings. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Thank you for coming. Good to see everyone. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you're having a great summer. Um, and I'd love to hear how you're getting creative. Uh, so please join the Call Me Happy community. Or you can, if you don't like sharing, you can always feel inspired uh, by signing up for our newsletter. Uh, our new website's coming up this week, 
uh, and I'm really, really, really excited about it. I'm, we've been working on it a long time, and I have a great person working on it. So stay tuned for that. Um, and again, if you love this podcast, uh, you can check out our book. The link is in the notes. And we would not be able to do this without our amazing, amazing um, supporters, our community supporters and partners. And one of them actually is Jody and Sharon Hervis from BioClean Disaster Services. And I'm so glad you got to hear a little bit of their story today. Um, it is so nice. I'm podcasting out of my home, so it's so nice to have guests in my home and really connect with people. And it's just been the honor of my life. Um, and the honor of my life to have you here. I appreciate, appreciate your time. I'll never stop saying that. I appreciate you so much because time is our most precious commodity. And uh, we, we of course have Nouveau Laser and Aesthetic Center, Red Bicycle Communications, and Oasis Hot Yoga and Spin Studio. I'm going through this really fast because Teddy's trying to get through the door. <laughs> it's a nice summer day and we're barbecuing, so I better get back at it and we'll chat soon, friend. Uh, feel free to reach out and chat anytime. Bye. If you're looking for some time for yourself to relax, release and unwind, Oasis has the perfect space for you. They offer yoga and spin classes of all levels. Whether you are a beginner or advanced student, Oasis thrives on accommodating all aspects of the practice. Let their serene environment and gracious staff help you in your journey of peace, healing, and strength. Sign up online at www.oasishotyogastudio.com or by downloading the Oasis Hot Yoga Studio app. Feel like yourself. You deserve it.